are you guys today? Fantastic. How did everybody recover from the Super Bowl? Chia, you all right? Okay, good. Just wanted to check. I just wanted to make sure. You know, I'm not a football watcher, but I actually did watch this game, and I thought it was pretty good. I was very interested in everything that happened. Um, I do want to say that I think they were wrong on who they chose for the MVP. Here's why. We all know that the real MVP of the game was Donna Kelsey. You know who she is? The mother of the two sons. Can you imagine the emotions that are going through her mind that day? The Chiefs score a touchdown, and she's like, yes, Nick! And then the, the Eagles get a touchdown, and she's like, yes! Aww. Back and forth and back and forth, over and over and over. I would be willing to bet that she was more exhausted than both her boys put together by the end of that day. She's a good mother. Then we had Valentine's Day. Everybody have a great time celebrating the one you love more than anything else in the world. Okay, we won't talk about that, I don't guess. Speaking of disappointments, I want you to know that I'm really, I'm, I am very offended because every other guest preacher who got up here and spoke got one of those really cool introduction videos, and I did not get one, and I don't think that's very fair, um, and my feelings are hurt. Thank you. Brad, if you're watching online while you're on vacation, we're going to have a meeting this week. Just so you know. There are a couple of things I want to give you in advance. <clears throat> this message may scare you. Number one, I'm not a preacher. I work with children. I may get a little animated, and you may think something's wrong. Number two, this morning, on my way to church, I literally ran over a snake. I believe maybe that was the Lord speaking some, some words into me to say, honey, it's not going to go well for you today. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So several months ago, I read a book called Don't Let the Enemy Have a Seat at Your Table by Louis Giglio. I was dealing with some things in my own life that were causing me to be somewhat negative, um, and I'm not actually very used to that. I was kind of whiny, and I realized, because someone told me that I was acting that way, that I needed a little bit more perspective from an outside source. Now, the whole book, the whole point of this book is for you to recognize or be able to see when the enemy is occupying space in your mind. I have always considered myself to be a very positive person, so much so that people tell me that I have the tendency to be naive situations because I will always see the bright side most of the time but during this time in my life it was very unusual for me because I found myself on a train of train of thought that I was not used to um, and it really had caused some major effects in the way that I was living in the way that I was acting in the way that I was doing things I am what you would call a very private person in fact, I've had a lot of people tell me in my life, a lot of friends tell me that I'm actually very hard to be friends with because they feel like I never share my deepest parts of me with them. But what's funny is, first off, I'm hard, I have a really hard time being vulnerable with people. But the funny thing is, I love it when people are vulnerable with me. One of my favorite things is when people come to me and ask me to help them see their gifts or see things about themselves, or help encourage them through situations in their life, love it so much 
and yet here I am, not able to give people exactly what I love getting from them. And that's confusing, and I'm weird, and I know it. But back to the book. When they asked me to give a message today, the idea of sharing with you one of my favorite takeaways from this book immediately came to mind. It's the idea of an even though I will statement, which is very, very hard. Those words are Louis, not mine. Can't take credit for them. But when I read them, I immediately thought other people need to hear this because it's something that we all go through. You see, on page after page in Scripture, we find people in situations where life has basically closed in on them. And in those moments, it would be easy to understand why they step away from faith. Brokenness often leads to a wall being built up between us and God. But what I want to share with you today are some stories of what happens When your faith is bigger than your understanding. For example, and I didn't tell them I was pregnant, just letting you know. We have some friends in our church who went through an unimaginable tragedy very recently. Billy and Missy lost their daughter unexpectedly. And when I was at the hospital with them, the only thing Missy kept saying was, God is in control. Just trust me. God is in control. And I remember being reminded of a verse in Philippians where it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, that's not to say it wasn't hard. It doesn't mean to say that there was no sadness or anger or confusion, or pain, or worry, or uncertainty, or grief. But it does show that when your faith is strong, you have a peace about you that makes no sense to anyone. Missy, your faith inspired me to pray, and I just, I want you to know that. During your hardest moments, God used you to show his love even though you were in the hardest moment of your life, you still chose to trust God and believe that he was in control. And I don't know if you know this or not, but that's faith. And this is the depth of faith that we see throughout the Bible. If you have your Bible, please open to Daniel chapter 8. You remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They worshipped God, worship God in a time when King... King Nebuchadnezzar had commanded that everyone worship a giant golden statue of himself. Every time the music played, it was required that everyone bow down and worship worship that statue. Or else, they'd be thrown into a fiery furnace. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were true followers of God. And they refused to worship an empty image. The king was furious. He called them in, and he gave them one last chance to worship his statue. And here's what they said. In Daniel chapter 3, 16 through 18, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from 
you, your majesty, that we, from your majesty's hand, here's the good part. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. That's right. Even though they are about to be sent into a fiery furnace to die, they chose to have faith and worship the one true God that he, they knew loved them, had good plans for them, and would deliver them. That's faith. You know the rest of the story. The king is enraged, and he turns up the heat in the furnace seven times hotter. They tied them up, and they're thrown into this furnace. And the fire is so hot that the people who were throwing them in were killed. And it seemed in that moment that there was no hope, that they were all alone, and that the situation was tragic. There was no way out. But what the king didn't know is that their God is more powerful than his God. God can always make a way. He's the way maker. So the king looks back and he sees that there's four bodies unbound, moving around in this furnace, and he called them out. I love how the Bible portrays this moment. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walk out of the furnace. And in Daniel 3.27 it says, Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not even touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed. Their clothing, clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. It's as if God was saying, hello, I'm God. Do you have any questions? And just like that, God used three men who, even though they were going through something horrible in their life, something that wasn't fair, something that didn't seem right, they chose to have the faith. They trusted God's plan for their lives, and they knew that his plan was better than they could understand. And just like God already show, does, he showed us. And not only that, they helped change the heart of a king simply because they trusted God. I'm going to have Jesse make his way up here to the front. Listen, that's hard. Honestly, I'd love to say that I have it all together and that my faith is strong enough. But the truth is, none of us know until we're there. Could we endure pain so deep and still worship? Would we know that no matter what was happening in our lives, God was with us during that hard, hard time? And would we know that he was working on our breakthrough, our way out? Maybe perhaps most of all, could we know that we would still be able to worship and have a reason to praise? Jesse's going to sing a song for us. Normally we would have words on the screens for you, but I want you this morning to just close your eyes. Don't, re don't read the words. Just continue.
Worship has a way of finding the deepest parts of your heart and setting them free. So I told you before, I'm not real good at being vulnerable. So I'll fill a can with air that I've even exposed those parts of me. In 2020, my family went through some things. we discovered around Easter that I was blessed with a pregnancy. And at my first appointment, everything was wonderful. Very strong heartbeat. Everything looked great. And they determined that I was about 12 weeks along. Now, this was during COVID, right when COVID was first starting off. And so I couldn't go to, my husband could not attend these appointments with me. I had to go by myself. At my second appointment, I was about 15 weeks. They had a little trouble with the Doppler finding the heartbeat. And the doctor assured me, she said, you know, everything's going to be okay. It's just, this is kind of normal. It's me. So they decided to do a thought test. She told me not to worry. Again, I'm a bright, positive person, so I didn't worry. I was like, okay, fine, whatever. Um, when she was doing the sonogram, I can remember her face when she was looking at the screen, and she said those words that you just said about me. I'm not detecting. In that moment, I had no idea what a whirlwind was going to happen next. But I can tell you that I wasn't prepared for it at all. The hospital stay, a COVID test gone horribly wrong, labor, delivery, complications, surgery, cremation plant, hospital release, more complications, another hospital stay another surgery and 
basically a complete block of understanding. And I can tell you just to be vulnerable, I struggled with my faith it was the hardest moment of my life. I was angry and hurt and broken, and I could not possibly see why God would allow this to happen to me in my life. I had a hard time worshiping. I would stand up here and cry, and I would have my arms crossed, tuning out, uh, because I wasn't, my heart wasn't in it. I began to notice that. But something happened that most people don't know. I don't want to go to commercial. My husband helped me to see the truth. My husband was amazing. Even through his complete heartbreak, he was right there with me, encouraging me, loving me, uh, showing me. He doesn't even know that God used him to help me through that moment. For me to start recognizing the good things in my life. And in that moment, I learned to be grateful. Because even in the worst moment in time, I could see how good my husband was. How good my family was. How good my children were. How much God loved me. Even in the hardest moment I had ever faced. And I just begin to practice gratitude. I will be thankful. I will look for these things. I will see the good things in my life. And the more I was grateful, the more good things I saw in that situation. And the more I realized that the best way for me to cope was to worship and to be thankful. Being grateful is the quickest way to recognize the bright side. The good things in life. The things we often forget about we're going through when people treat us one the way that we want them to. And when we don't understand our situations, gratitude helps us change our perspective. The first way gratitude brings contentment. It is said that gratitude makes what we have enough. If we aren't grateful for what God has given us, getting more won't satisfy us either. Oftentimes, Oftentimes, our wants outweigh our needs. And being thankful for the many blessings that you do have is the key to contentment. And honestly, searching for those blessings opens your eyes to how good God truly is in your life. Paul says this in Philippians when he's expressing his gratitude to the people during for the gift that they gave him during his ministry. He says, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me. Even though I don't have everything I desire, I will be thankful for the things I do have. Second, gratitude leads to joy. The overflow of gratitude is joy. 
realizing God's abundant goodness, even during the hard times, is a gateway for joy. In Psalm 126, it shows it so clearly as the Hebrew exiles sang their thanks to God for bringing them back to Israel. They said, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Even though I'm going through something hard, I will search for the good things God has given me. I will thank him for them. I will be joyful. Third, gratitude puts us squarely in God's You know, we often make God's will out to be something big and mystical when in reality it's just simply obedience. And part of his will for us is to be thankful, not just on the sunny days, but on the hard ones too. In Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Even though I don't understand what's happening, I will be grateful that you know and have a good faith for my problems. And lastly, gratitude is a testimony. When we thank God openly and acknowledge the things he's done for us, we proclaim a personal, loving, caring God to the whole world around us. We show that contentment and peace comes not from what we have, but from who we are. And we show that no matter what we're going through, there's always something to be thankful for. In Psalm 105.1, it says, Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his great power. Let the whole world know what he has done for us. All these things are in the Bible. We are told to be grateful and to proclaim Even though I may be struggling, I will share your goodness with those around me. The truth is everyone's going to have hard times. Everyone will go through something that makes you feel like there's no way out. There's no hope that you're alone. But I want you to know that even though those moments will come, you still have Choosing to pour into your relationship with God will give you a peace that no one understands. Are you grateful? I was reading in Habakkuk, and I thought it might be helpful for all of us. In this book, the prophet Habakkuk shows us that it's okay for us to respectfully question God. During hard moments of our lives, we often ask, why is this happening? What are you doing? Why are they getting all of these things when I'm the one doing what you're asking me to do? Why don't I have this? okay to question God. He's a big, merciful, loving God. He can handle our questions. And Habakkuk asked a lot of them. He was complaining about all the things that he saw in life that seemed unfair. But God showed him that he was in control and that he knew what he was doing. You know, we're often like We live in a world of fast food, Amazon Prime, where we can order something today and it will be delivered that same 
We aren't used to waiting on anything. But most of the time, we do have to wait on God. Because in no way, shape, or form could we ever possibly grasp the magnitude of what He is doing. Have you ever, this happens to me, have you ever looked back on your life and thought about your past in a situation that you had no idea what was happening at the time and you were really frustrated and now you can look back and see, oh, that's why God did that. You can see how he protected you from something that you thought that you wanted more than anything else in the world. It happens to me a lot. And it makes me feel really, really unintelligent most of the time. But you see, that's God. He's showing me how he provided you with a way out. Your breakthrough, your blessing that you didn't feel like was a blessing in that moment is him. Because ultimately, his plan is better than ours. And we know this. We just can't seem to grasp it. We don't understand. That's why it's our job to just be still. Let him do it. In Habakkuk 3, 17 and 18, it says, Even though the fig trees have no fruit and no grapes grow on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no grain, even though the sheep all die and the cattle stalls are empty, I will still Because the Lord God is my refuge. For even when we cannot see the evidence of his power, even when we don't see it, he works. He's still on the throne of the universe. He just works. In verse 19, it says, the sovereign Lord gives me strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, and he keeps me safe from the mountain. This is a picture of our ability in the power of God to overcome trust him, to rise above the trouble that we face, and to know that if we trust him, we will come safely to the place he wants us to be. And maybe best of all, he shows us that he gives us the strength to keep going, no matter what. So today, I want to ask you to do something. I want you to take a look at Habakkuk. How would your prayer be? What would your even those be? Maybe it's something like this. Even though I can't seem to keep up with my schedule, even though I'm going through this medical nightmare, even though I'm under intense financial pressure, even though I'm grieving a loss that no one else is, even though I feel Even though my family falls apart. Even though I'm fighting the urge to live upstate and southeast. I will have faith. I will trust God. I will choose to praise. I will be grateful. This is not the faith of Christians who believe only in God when the sun goes down. This is not the faith that wilts under pressure. 
This is faith that flourishes even when the pressure is on. This is the faith that says, even though bad things are happening, I will praise the Lord. Father, thank you. Thank you for helping us find ways to praise you even in the storm. Thank you for allowing us to see that no matter what happens in our lives, you are for us. You're not against us. God, I ask that over the next week, into the months, that you would help us to search for the good things that you have given each and every one of us. That we can practice gratitude that we can be thankful for the many blessings that you have given us. And God, that we would see your face in the midst of our biggest trials and that we would search for you above anything else. God, we love you. We're so grateful to you for all the things that you do for us, even when we don't understand it. In your son's precious name. If you need prayer, please come forward.